0: It's always been We rise up to the challenge We give the game our all We share determination We go in for the ball For the crowd, thunders, go cats We break the batter
1: down We know play the Hi everybody, games. welcome to, to the, the Big Footy summer Cats summer podcast are up to we're episode like 4 for 2000 season 2016 My name is Willow And tonight uh, I'm joined by two very special guests, two card-carrying members of the Cult of Robbo, um, I have a regular, a couple of regulars or former regulars from the previous uh, version of the podcast as well, uh, SJ, welcome.
2: Thank you, Willow, I greet you with the flick of the wrist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and the laugh of the other person on the line is of course the Jester, welcome Jester.
0: G'day guys, g'day everyone. Um I haven't, I haven't caught up on what is the great one sermon after Essendon's disappointing Anzac Day performance. How's he? How did he shape up? How did he look well, uh, last night?
1: Oh, disappointed. It's just on Monday, <laughs> there was a bit of anger there. And I thank you both for taking top, valuable time out of your three hundred and sixty viewing schedule, uh, and dedicating your time to Robo to give us a bit of your time to to have a chat tonight. Um. Since we last, well, since I last had a podcast, you two were not, so I can't say since we last spoke, but since we last had a show, we've had three games, a comfortable win against Brisbane, which probably should have been higher if we kicked straight, a frustrating win against Essendon, which should have been higher if we'd kicked straight, and probably uh, for three quarters, a reasonably satisfying win against Port on the weekend, although they might not be much chop either. So, um, gentlemen, what what's our take been on most the most recent game, if you want to touch on the first, the last three, but the weekend in particular against Port, SJ?
2: Yeah, for, I mean, people always criticise me for being cynical or I don't it's realistic, but I, I'm... I'm not quite sure where the cats sit, and I, I think it's pretty hard to get a good form line at the moment Um, on the first five weeks. Obviously, we came into the season with quite a few question marks, good question marks, around um, new acquisitions of the team, how they're all going to fit together. Um, yeah, it's going to take to gel. Uh, but although we've 4-1, and one, which is a pretty good result, and you'll take that most weeks, um, I feel as though... It's been the form has been quite patchy, um, and also our opposition, well, particularly in the last three weeks, hasn't been much. So it's hard to read a lot into that when, you, when you're playing teams in the bottom third of the ladder. So um, it's for me, it's difficult to read exactly where the cats are. I'm not sure if they're a four and one top four team, or if they're a four and one, you know, sliding towards the bottom of the, of the eight team. Um, and you know, we'll we'll punish the bottom teams enough, but. Not may not be able to be there when the rips are cracking at the top end. Um, what do you think, Jester?
0: Yeah, I probably agree agree with that, uh, mate. I I think um, I guess the Debbie Downer perspective, which which I sort of walked away with a bit was, or certainly had had the next morning, was you know Port. Yeah, I don't think Port are a very good- side. Um, it, it's sort of been pointed out, you know, we, we still see them as this juggernaut based on a, a pretty limited run of form a couple of years ago and, and since then they just haven't actually been that good. Um, and watching um, Darry Joe's, um, if I've said that right, his excellent, you know, gold highlight pack on YouTube at work the other day, um, it's sort of, it, I just thought it was really noticeable in that how sort of demoralised the poor players looked and they're, you know, they're yelling at each other or they're pulling out of contests or, you know, they're just making really dumb mistakes. So, yeah, I wonder if it is if it is isn't actually that much of an achievement to beat them in Adelaide at the moment. Um, but I mean, having said that, I you know it's really nice to appreciate a good win um, just on its own terms for that week. You know, they they went the knuckle and and their bloody stupid president gobbing off and and their stupid song and their stupid oval and Brian Taylor having a you know. Yeah at the top of his lungs. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, I I greatly appreciate oh, that was, oh. this. July. Well, I, I was at the in laws the first quarter, and I missed. I then couldn't figure out how to turn on their complicated audio system, so I didn't have to listen to BT, but got to watch the last three quarters. So no, I I really enjoyed the win, but yeah, I'm a bit um I, I'm a little bit pessimistic about where we sit. I think I think probably the bottom half of the eight is is yeah.
2: where we'll. Mm. I I do think though that I think we must give due um, respect for that win though because to be four goals down you know five goals to one against Port over there quarter time um, to be honest I thought we were sort of bullied in the first quarter they their pressure was really good after that though I thought the leadership from the two um, the two guns in the middle and the rest of the team following was excellent and you know, you can say, oh, you're playing against maybe maybe a team that's going to finish in the bottom half of the ladder. However, other teams lose in that situation um, when they're four goals down at quarter time away from home. So I, I, I did think it probably was our best win for the year. Not so much because we had to, we beat a team that is struggling, but because we beat a team that was four goals up from us interstate with a rabid crowd, et cetera, and we beat them comfortably after that point. Um, and you know i think that's um something to something to um really respect and hopefully it's a sign of things to come as well
1: obviously i watched that game with my father-in-law future father-in-law was he's over was over and he is a mad crows fan so hates port adelaide but knows them very well and has seen a lot of them and at quarter time, he was he he's, he's thinking at quarter time was they were one goal away from probably running running all over us, and I sort of disputed it a bit. I dis, I disputed it at quarter time with him, and I and I, you know there was that ridiculous blocking free kick against Lonigan, where the Port bloke basically jumped early, got nowhere near the ball, and Boris came through and marked it. Mm-hmm. And, and quickly played on and they gave it away it was a free kick sort of to them and Ebert scored a goal as a result of the pass and and I sort of said you know there was a couple of examples like that where it didn't go our way we, we had we wasted four set shots and and I sort of disputed the fact that it was there but his theory was that Port are a very good front running team mm-hmm. and and the history of Port and when they get in front and their crowd gets going like that they can be very hard Mm. very hard to beat and so in that respect I was I, I thought we went about it the way we went about it in the second quarter I personally I enjoyed we we slowed their momentum and run in the first sort of five or ten minutes just they didn't they couldn't score and then we sort of took charge and control and ended up a bit of old school Geelong we we kicked a bunch of you know a burst of goals and and really and then from what um you guys mentioned how they sort of drop their bundle a bit and drop their heads from there, but yep. just the I thought it was a good win just from the fact of and as you mentioned yesterday, we, you know, to be four goals down in that environment, um, as much as Port are struggling at the moment, there's probably going to be a few teams if they did that too that they could you know have their way with. They could break them and and get away with. it. So for us to to fight our way back. And then end up comfortable winners was a really good result. I think. Yeah. Um, and then it probably, it probably leads to this discussion of, of where we are, where we're really at um, as we go into the season. So we've, you know, we've we're four and one. Um, if you give us that at the start of the year, we no one's going to knock it back. We all take it. But what does it actually mean? Where are we? Um, where do we actually sit? In the grand scheme of things. I mean we can only play who we're drawn to play, but at the at the point that still means we've lost to we lost the GWS who were sixth, we've beat fifth, we've beat twelfth, we've beat sixteenth and seventeenth. So is the first five games an accurate reflection um, of where we sit or is it are we have is it a bit inflated by who we've played against? Jester. Um well well I mean
0: it could be inflated by who we played against but on the other hand you know we beat Hawthorne pretty convincingly and I guess a lot of the supporter dissatisfaction certainly on the board has been that we didn't um you know we didn't really pan set and Brisbane which suggests um sort of um almost counterintuitively that it that we haven't been flattered by the opposition um mm-hmm. I think yeah as I said I think um particularly in, in, like, the ball, when, as you guys said, you know, showed a lot of character, but um, maybe, maybe Port just aren't that good. Um, there's a lot of room for improvement, but, you know, you, you think there's still some structural issues to be worked out. Um, uh, you, you think there's some key players to find form, and, and I guess that was another really good thing about the weekend, was Menzel sort of kicking straight and looking a bit more fluid and, and, and confident in his game. Um, so I think... I get the impression it, it it might be a little bit like last year, but um, where we're going to have some good wins, um, but you know some some sort of disappointing losses. We, we lose games we feel we should have won, but I, I think we'll probably make the finals uh, this year. So yeah, four one maybe a bit of an inflated record based on who we've played, but the next month will tell the real story, I guess.
1: Sj, I um, actually, sorry, can I just
0: cut in? Um, uh, Sj, the squiggle. You would understand this. The squiggle suggests, yep. to my untrained eyes, that it's we're sort of a bottom half of the eight team. Would that is that accurate?
2: Well, yeah. For people who may not know this, there's a there's a thread on the main board, Bigfooty. Um, there's also a website if you Google it, Max Barry, the squiggle. Basically, it's a way to, that that this guy has, is plotting sort of attack versus defence for example so you know right now Adelaide is shooting off the attack front um, however they're sort of poorly rated in defence um, Geelong is the other way around which I think is interesting in itself we've actually conceded very few scores this year um, I think we're ranked number two in defence in terms of points conceded um, and it, it I think that sort of in some ways plays into the way we're playing because we're not exactly kicking big scores either. I think we kicked a lot of goals you know, in the second half against Port, but really, even considering the fact we played three bottom teams, um, we haven't really won by blowing a team away. We've more won by completely restricting a team and sort of kicking the pass score. Um, and I think that's because we're really playing, a, a, we've got a good press going. So we're really winning the ball out of the centre, which, just touching back onto the Adelaide game, I thought that's where we really turned it around. I thought our centre clearance work after quarter time was excellent. Um, Stanley, mostly, and, and to, to a lesser extent Smith, um, to Selwood and Dangerfield, really it meant pretty much most times after quarter time the ball was out of the centre going to Geelong's 51st, and then we we'll were basically out of... Trap, trap it in there, and after some time, kick a goal. And I think that's what we're doing this year. But the downside of that is because you push right up, it means the opposition pushes right up in defence as well, and it's hard to score. And I think because we don't really have a really potent forward line, and it, it's, it's still probably got the slow, uh, powerful, but not uh, agile part to it that we've seen in recent years We've, we've struggled to actually create good shots um, to some extent. And we don't have the nippy mediums and, and smalls that many other top teams do. But on the flip side, teams actually really struggling to get down the other end and, and kick goals against us. Um, and I think we've only con- conceded five goals for the year in the last quarter, which is, you know, nothing when you think about five games. We're only conceding a goal a game in the, in the last quarter. So, um, it, yeah, it, it's interesting that, From that point of view, I don't know if that's the tactic when when other teams like Adelaide and North Melbourne and the Dogs, they seem to be following Hawthorne's trend of, well, let's kick big scores. Um, Let's move the ball quickly. Let's try and get it over the top and um, get it into sort of medium, small players' hands and kick goals. Geelong doesn't seem to be doing that. Geelong seems to be following the West Coast, maybe Sydney trend of, let's get it in there, lock it in there. We won't concede... And eventually, we'll kick one, um, which I think can work. Um, I would like to see some more agile, potent, smaller players step up, though. Um, And I thought Lang and and Gregson and uh, McCarthy were really good in round one. And uh, McCarthy's been pretty good this year, actually. But those three, I think, are pretty crucial. When you've really got Hawkins and Menzel maybe as your, as your two actual goal kickers, I think those are very crucial not only to um, provide defensive pressure, but also just that uh, extra element of of forward line capability, which we really haven't had in the past few years. We've been quite one dimensional in the forward line in recent years. I think.
1: Absolutely, we've been one dimensional. Do you see? Do you see um, cockatoo in that mix of? Players as well.
2: Well, I think eventually he he will have to be in that mix. But at the moment, uh, he played pretty well on Saturday night. I thought that was probably one of his better games for a while. I mean, Um,
1: he was pretty average against Brisbane, and I say he was was shocking against Brisbane. But I he's I sort of thought you know after Brisbane, I knew they they wouldn't drop him after one week, and I'm and I'm glad they haven't because I can see. I think I can see why they want him in there because of his tackling and his aggression in the tackle and chase. Um, I think he started to bring... That started to come out more. He had a lot of tackles mm. against Essendon. Um, and he's running down blokes as well. And and he's the type of player that can really turn half a chance into us winning the ball back. Mm. So I don't know if that's that, that sort of fits in with our... Our press and pressure in the forward line, um, mm. and because McCarthy yeah, and Gregson are the same.
2: Yep, yeah. I, I think Cockatoo just by the by is an interesting one because he, he is quite a tall player for for that quick ball user. Um, I don't know what height he is, but he he seems to be quite a tall explosive player. Which in the end, I, I reckon he's going to run through the midfield when he when he really um, develops and and grows into his frame. Um, but uh, he does seem to, I remember when he first started last year and in a couple of nab games, he was, he was pretty confident. As soon as he got the ball away, he went and, um, you know, he was taking his one kick per game, but he was kicking goals. But he, he seems to have lost a little bit of confidence with goal kicking and I'm not sure if that's a technique issue, but I'm not really confident with him kicking for goal at the moment, um, which obviously when you're not getting many kicks and you're playing the forward line is, is pretty crucial
1: was uh, I was very relieved to see him actually get a set shot on the weekend and kick it straight though but I'm hoping mm. I'm hoping that, that the ability ability's there and the talent's there and it is a confidence thing and and that he's just it's started to get into his head a bit that he's with his set shots and that getting one at a reasonable time when we you know we're starting to press on the weekend does him the world of good um Jester, what's your take on on the on the style we're playing and and how we are, what we're trying to do?
0: Well, I was actually going to ask you a question, mate. Um, on the subject of confidence, set shots, and the forward line, what did you make of Shane Kirsten's game on the weekend? Because I know you're not his biggest fan, but and I'm I'm pretty skeptical of him too. But I thought he played all right.
1: Uh, I I didn't mind. Kirsten's game on the weekend. I've been obviously a pretty harsh critic of him, and it's been more because I—I um, I suppose it's more because we like the idea and the potential of what he can do, but he hasn't actually done much of any of it since he's since he's got in the team. Um, and I'd probably also say it, he's got a lot of games based on not a lot of output. Or visible, you know, output as in terms of disposals and goals and things like that. And when he's in the team as a forward, to have however many games it was, SJ, you'll be able to tell me. Was it six games or ten? Well, games? Well, he
2: was on the brink. Of, he was on the brink of his six. Yeah, so going he's goalless. Half a dozen. Uh, games. When I was sitting in the stands at at, 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 at <laughs> Park, entering the final quarter, and then all of a sudden he had five shots in about three minutes, he's dominated, um, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But all uh, of them from free
1: kicks, it felt like. Yeah, so I...
0: Yeah, some, some pretty dubious free kicks, too. Yeah,
1: but sometimes, you never know, sometimes something like that it might be all it takes to give him a bit of confidence and get him going. But I on the weekend, I I thought he, he appeared to be working hard. He put on a lot of good pressure. He seems to be trying hard. Um, I don't think... I think it was probably I was I was happy with his performance on the weekend. That's probably the best way to to answer it. Or happy with him, his performance and what he's building. Hopefully, um, he's a frustrating one though. I think two weeks ago, or the last podcast we did, pretty much we were universally calling for his head. So um, I'm still not a hundred percent sold, but. I'm I'm willing to have a bit more patience, I suppose, based on on the weekend at least. Uh, Sj, what's your your take yeah. on this? The... Well,
2: I mean, I wanted him out of the side a couple of weeks ago just so he could get a kick because I, I didn't think it was doing anyone any good of him running around week after week after week. You know, getting two handballs and a and a kick on the full. Um, he wasn't getting anything out of it. The cats weren't getting anything out of it. And I just thought, well, this guy does have talent, so at least why don't we give him get the ball into his hands a bit and put him in the reserves. But in saying that, he has had a few kicks in the last couple of weeks now. Um, I think that the problem was for me is that I'm not sure if he can play as a tall, a proper tall forward because to me, really, most of the time when he's in a marking contest with at least some, a, a proper tall defender, he he can't win it. Um, although I think he did take a good mark against Port on the weekend. Um, and the other thing was then when he hits the ground, he w- wasn't really doing a lot. And then I thought, well, maybe he can sort of push up to half-forward, play a lead-up type role because apparently he's quite quick, but he wasn't doing that either. So I, where do we actually see him in the end fitting in? Is, is he going to play a centre-half forward? Is he going to play a lead up, turn around, you know, move the ball on quickly. What actually will be his go? Because although I think he does have tricks, we haven't really seen many of them, and I'm not sure which ones he can rely on um, going forward.
1: It's... Yeah. he You get the impression from watching him that he's... He plays smaller than his height. Yeah. at, list of that, I reckon. And it sort of puts him in that awkward position where... I mean, you can look at his... You know, some people love to look at height and weight and stuff, but if they don't play like it, there's not... Like I mean, him and Murdoch are a similar height, but you wouldn't... They, they're they completely different types of players, and you you sort of want him to be... I think we like the idea that he could play at centre-half forward, but I just don't think that's the type of player that he is, and that if he plays anywhere, he's a a half forward, but he has to be... Um, Or like that third tall forward. But then we've got Menzel, who's playing better than him, who is probably an ideal third tall forward, because he's certainly not... You don't want him playing a centre-half forward. Mm. Or do we just dismiss the notion of the old-school centre-half forward completely and... And we and it's all about just if they're forwards or, or midfielders at the moment and, and Which which
2: actually... is what I think you can do and I think Hawthorne does that. But your Bruce and Gunstons actually get the ball. Yes. And and they their their tricks are that they can be in the right place to get the ball and Hawthorne can hit them. Um, Jester, do you think Kirsten can play that role, which, you know, is sort of in vogue? Um, or you know, does he have does he have the skill set to be that sort of player?
0: Well, I think that, that thing I said about how he, you know, he looks great on paper, but we just haven't, you know, we haven't seen any of that um, in in practice is is really true. And, like, I just, I think I said a couple of, maybe in the Brisbane game, you know, it's he, he nearly does a lot of things. Like, you're watching yep. and you're like, oh, he nearly, you know, if the ball had bounced the other way, he nearly would have had a goal then because he could have ran onto it or he nearly had a contested mark or you can see what he was trying to do there and he and he nearly got himself into a great position, and you think, well, at a certain point, that's like, that's just not good enough at senior level. And I guess, um, yeah, I've always sort of thought of him as, as a sort of lead-up style player, and because and, his contesting marking's not that great, but he just he doesn't seem to do a lot of that, and it doesn't really seem to suit our game either, where our, our players enjoy sort of pumping balls long into, into 50, which I guess is, is probably a bit of a legacy of having Hawkins... Um, in there for so long as that sort of contested marking target, but I, I guess the other thing is, you know, Menzel on the weekend. I thought Kirsten played well on the weekend, but Menzel on the weekend, you know, he he takes grabs and he's got that creativity. He can make something out of nothing, which which is like those Hawthorne players, as you said, and 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 even someone like I don't know uh, Jake Stringer is a sort of extreme example, and and they've got that that cre- creativity around goals, and Kirsten just just hasn't shown that at all in his career, so. I guess getting back to our point, SJ made earlier, like if we want a more potent forward line, you know the guys in there need to be able to convert the opportunities they get, and at the moment it just feels like Kirsten, Kirsten isn't doing that as much as he, he should, notwithstanding that I, that I thought he had a decent game on the weekend.
2: I yeah. think I think my my theory is with forwards is they've got to have tricks, and the best forwards have the most bags, the, tr- the biggest bag of tricks. So, you know, I I think Hawkins has pr- probably gone down to one trick. But it's a good one for him. It's the wrestle and mark. Um, I'd like him to have a few more, but okay, that's that's where he can at least um, provide a point of difference. Menzel can take, well, he can take a hanger and he can run around and snap goals from pockets and these sort of things. Um, so that's probably two for him. But what can Kirsten do? So, so where is he going to be able to beat his man? And, and, you know, I think he's got the capability to do it, but I, I'm just waiting to
1: see it. I think as well with with Kirsten and from what I've seen of him in the VFL, he doesn't, even when he goes back to the lower level, he doesn't sort of, he's not a, a commanding presence. He doesn't demand the footy. He has, he almost at that level, he sort of, he's a frustrating player because you want him to be able to, as we said on paper, do all these. He looks like he can do all these things. But even at the lower level, he'll go a quarter without being near the footy, without touching it. And then he'll bob up and kick two in a minute and a couple of them will be just... He might be running into a goal or, or, you know, he'll get a crumb or he'll just lead out and take a mark. But he's... It's further questions and probably further frustrations because, you know, I think Chris Scott referred to him as one of the most talented players on the list, didn't he, the other week. Um, And then... But he goes back to the twos and he doesn't exactly demand... The ball and demand the games either. So I find him a really hard player to work out and to read.
0: What we really need is some kind of creative, sort of medium sized forward who can, you know, is good for a goal a game but can push up in the midfield and maybe get, say, average 20 possessions over a season as well and um yeah, yeah. you know creativity few tricks can can hit up targets yeah. going inside 50 as well can you guys remember the last yeah. kind of player
2: we had <laughs> like that yeah don't mention the yeah. war Think- <laughs>
1: yeah the color orange comes to mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't mention the war the mods will get cranky yeah,
0: yeah i mean i can like yeah without wanting to reopen old wounds i thought I thought Steve Hawking's interview on Grandstand at the end of last season signalled about as clearly as it was possible to signal that it wasn't about on-field performance, but, geez, it would have to have been a pretty big reason. That was a very him, interesting interview. Yeah, that, that you know, the the classic sort of politician's line of, well, stats can tell you anything.
2: And you're like, uh, uh yep. He said so, something like, he said something like Steve would play for anything. Um, you know, he, he he's willing to play for any pay and whatever. And then he and then he said, but you know, we're 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 looking to to top up um, our our um, depth around the middle ages. And okay, fair enough, I understand that. But then you know, we do we retain two really old players in other parts of the ground. I, I couldn't quite figure that out. So I think you're right. I think there was something else behind that, and we'll just have to live with that.
1: Yeah, and they're not gonna. It's not going to come out anytime soon, unless unless it comes out in his book that they're doing apparently. Yeah, the inevitable book. No, they are, they are doing one. The um, uh, Adam McNichol, who's from the Cats Media, and that is is writing it for him. So uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, if the truth actually yeah, right. if the truth actually comes out. Now we probably need to look forward. Um, the next month of footy hopefully is going to give us a more of an understanding of I suppose where we really where we really sit in regards to the rest of the competition obviously we have Gold Coast Saturday night uh, West coast uh, in Geelong West Coast the following Saturday afternoon in Geelong and then I think it's a Friday night game in Adelaide Um and then I'm not exactly i I'm not hundred percent sure of the game after that, but I suppose uh, Collingwood of the that's Collingwood at the G on a Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon at the MCG. A bit of old school. Um, Jester, what do you I suppose what are your expectations for the for the next month or obviously your hopes that we have four wins, but what would you what would you would you be liking to see in a month's oh, time Jesus. or have seen.
0: Jeez, it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, Gold Coast have looked good at times, but they still, you know, they still look a bit brittle. Um, they they took us apart. Um, uh, not the last time we played them, but the time before that. Um, uh, but then I think we won comfortably last year. Um, uh, West Coast, uh, as you were saying, sort of before we started recording, you know, they look great in Perth, but have looked not so great elsewhere. Adelaide. Uh, you know, look fantastic, and they'll be at home. So I think I'd probably mark that one down as a loss. Um, and then, and then you know, you'd be pretty disappointed. Not with, you know, if we didn't if we didn't roll Collingwood pretty comfortably because they look hopeless. So I guess what does that leave my predictions at one and one, and then oh, two. I reckon three and one. I'll, despite saying I'm pessimistic about the season, I I fancy. A little upset against West Coast, but then I think Adelaide might do us reasonably comfortably.
1: In front of a uh, yeah, <laughs> in front of an Adelaide Oval crowd who will be baying for Geelong blood as well. Yeah, though, yeah, of be course. Very, uh, it'll be a very hot atmosphere that night, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, that's yes. it. I reckon Danger's the type of player that will thrive in it so I'm hoping that's the case anyway. SJ... Yeah, well, I mean, how...
0: Uh, oh, sorry, just yeah, Port Adelaide. How dumb do you have to be to go and rough him up, like, and just, you know, poke the bear, and then he just he lifts and, and you know, plays this amazing game because one of your players decided to be a tough guy after this siren. Ridiculous. Anyway, sorry,
1: rant uh, over. When they went after the two that you probably would least want to fire up as well because yeah, uh, would popped strange. a bit off the ball as well. Um, yeah. SJ, what are your what are, you, what are your thoughts for the next month?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I'm hoping to see a bit more consistency within games, because I reckon that's where we've been pretty patchy. Um, you know, round one, we kicked seven goals in the second and fourth quarters against Hawthorne, and got smashed in the third. Um, GWS, we were sort of, what we were we down? 30 odd points down, and came back to almost get level um, Brisbane and, and, and um, Essendon were pretty patchy very poor first against Essendon um, didn't kick many more goals in the second half but we did have a lot of the ball and then again against Port smashed in the first quarter great right after that so you know if you're going to play like that you're probably tempting fate because even coming up against a Collingwood or a, a Gold Coast if they have one good quarter against you um, you know you better make sure you're you don't concede a lot of goals in that quarter, a bit like we did against Collingwood with the NAB Challenge, and we conceded eleven or whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so I mean, I, we haven't really played four quarters, um, and I think you know to have any chance of beating the top teams, you have you have to be at least pretty consistent across the four. But even against the bottom teams, it's it's. Um, it's something we should strive for, and it you know reminds me of the Collingwood game end of the last year. We had to win to make finals, and they kicked seven goals against us in the first quarter, and you know that was the game over. So, um, I think we've got a bit of a you know there's a bit of a soft spot there for Geelong that they we don't we do, don't seem to play four quarters in a game. But I think if our best is good enough to knock over most teams, but it's about um, maintaining that consistency um, a, a across the 120 minutes.
1: I think we touched on it. Probably before we started the recording as well, but about how even the comp is this year, and and you don't have to be. You probably really you don't have to be off by much, and a a team that should be worse or should be lower than you can roll you. So that that sort of further adds to um, the the intrigue and sort of the questions to be asked about where we're sitting. Um, We should win Saturday night. Gold coaster without. their two big key defenders. Um, I saw today that Riscatelli, who towed us up last time we played him, even though we won, he's not playing and Prestia, who's a good player, isn't playing as well. So um,
2: yeah, all, They've got a lot of outs. They're
1: pretty undermanned and Gazza had the shit kicked out of him last week and so he would be sore. So, um, And I think he's just sort of shown that he's human the last two years anyway um so we should we should beat them saturday night the west coast game is a bit concerning but at the same time they've they've been they've shown some average form out of wa um so you just don't know what to expect but definitely on talent they've got a a dangerous team that could cause us a heck of a lot of problems um, the Adelaide game that's I'd be probably penciling that in as a loss that'll be a, as I said it'll be a hostile crowd it'll be Adelaide are playing really good footy at the minute as well so aside from any crowd lifting Adelaide's
2: Adelaide's conceding goals too easily though in my opinion yeah. um, and that's why they lost on that's why they lost on Friday night they played the better football but if you're going to concede, you know, 110 points a week on average or whatever they are conceding, you know, you're going to lose games when you probably should win. And I think they've probably got the balance slightly wrong. They they just open themselves right up, um, you know, going end-to-end, which I think is great to watch. But the minute they don't score, it goes right back over their head and teams kick goals pretty easily. So, and
1: it's,
2: you know, yeah. I think they're, they're playing aggressive footy, but they're only 3-2. and two. Yeah. Um, And yeah, obviously... It's going to be a really tough game away from home, but um, yeah, I, I reckon they're a very interesting team to watch for me at the moment.
1: I suppose it's probably just—it's not a Geelong focus, but they're—they're they're small defenders. They're all small defenders that love to stream up the ground and attack as well, which is probably why they get opened up the other way if they absolutely if they don't score because Smith, Seedsman, Rory Laird—they all yep. love pushing in down to the fifty so yep. if you if they don't get the ball there that you can quickly yep. stream it up the other end and um you know if you get if you can get Kyle Cheney one on one and exposed you're gonna i think you're gonna score a fair amount you're gonna score a few goals on him and then so the just, only thing is i yeah,
2: I don't think the cats actually play that well from end to end. I reckon we play well out of the center. But we don't if we've got the ball in the back line, I I can't think of many passages to play this year where we've taken it from end to end to keep the goal. Um, which you probably can for other teams. I think we play well when we can win out of the center and make a fast break out of the out of the congestion. But I'm not sure if where the team to actually move the ball in, you know, eight seconds up the field, um and, and create a scoring opportunity.
0: Yeah, particularly with Motlop in sort of such in different form or, you know, not at, not at the top of this game. The other thing about that game is, is you know, their forward line is not, um, you know, they've got um, Tex and I guess Jenkins as the key forwards, but if our problem the last few years has been we haven't been able to lock down small forwards, they've got, you know, plenty of dangerous small forwards. So yep. that might be another challenge for this sort of rotating back line they've got going. Yeah.
1: Um, I suppose, and then, well, a question without notice for you guys as well. Then, um, you mentioned our rotating backline, and one of our players, or there's a couple of uh, new players we've introduced to the side this year. In in that backline, in uh, Ruggles and and Henderson, and just you know, five games in. How have you guys seen all of our new players that we've added to the side? Um, Jester, I'll start with you with this one. How have you seen them all fitting in and are you happy with them? Um, you know? Are we, are we are they the right yeah, players that we geez, should got?
0: It's, it's a long list, isn't it? Um, that dangerfield bloke's been alright. He's handy. Um Yeah, you <laughs> he, <he's like, laughs> say no. again? Yeah, I know.
1: It's got a three in it. Sometimes you
0: yeah, you don't notice him sometimes, really. Um, <laughs> The, the thing, um, the thing about Dangerfield, apart from the fact he's a fantastic player, that I mean, sound another note, I guess, of pessimism is how you realise, like, and I know he's sort of, you know, like Seld, he's a bit of a freak in this regard, but his sort of ferocity in his attack on the ball and the contest um, is so noticeable compared to some of our um, our other players, which I don't think is a, a courage thing or anything like that. I think it's probably a confidence thing, um, but. You know, that does I I think Oh, you know, would would the sort of um Bomber Thompson side's, you know, made a big deal about how they were coached to really win those contests and is that something we're doing as well as we could, but I guess that's another can of worms. Um no Dangerfield's obviously been fantastic. Um, you know, Smith got talked up a lot after the Hawthorne game. He's maybe tailed off a little bit since then. I I was at the GWS game here in Canberra and it was you know, really noticeable that against Mumford he got absolutely smashed and they were just able to dominate in the middle when that match-up was happening and um, it was only when Stanley went in against um, against their second Ruckman that, that we got a bit of balance back. Um, Henderson looked pretty good, I think, in the Bombers game. Um, other than that, he's at times, I think, looked a bit tentative. Like, he's, you know, a bit nervous and, and wanting to make a good impression and, and letting it get to him a bit. Um... Oh, who else? Who else have we got? Ruggles. Ruggles. Ruggles has been fantastic. How could I forget Ruggles after Dermot Brereton spent an entire game... Analyzing his not head. Mentioning, not <laughs> mentioning any other Geelong player and, you know, declaring drafting conspiracies, etc etc. et cetera. No, he's been really good. I, I enjoyed, you know, him getting in, involved in the BIF, um on the weekend as well. Um, and, and I guess that was a major concern after Thurlow went down was... Are we going to have the run out of the back line? But he's, I mean, he's not as good as Thurlow, but he's, but he's looking pretty handy. So, so yeah, I mean, they've, they've all been pretty good additions, and um, uh, and I guess that it's exciting that you you feel like there's still room for improvement from from several of them.
1: Yep, absolutely. SJ.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think I think the other thing for us is we really need to click as a side. Um, I. It seems to be we're just not quite gelling, um, although it was a pretty pretty um, cohesive performance after quarter time on the weekend. But I'm not sure what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it does seem to be that we just can't sort of put together a chain of disposals and end up with, you know, a shot at goal. Um, it seems to be, you know, one, two, handball backwards, turn around, kick forward, now we got it, um... Hamble again. It, it just for, for me, it seems like we haven't really clicked at all this year, and it would be good to see that. And I think some of those players that you talked about, like Motlop, getting involved, and I think I think he has improved in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it'd be good to see all those players actually gel together, considering we've brought quite a few new players into the team, and actually figure out well, how, what you know, what does football for Geelong look like this year, and and who's playing what role, and and um, what does that look like when we're playing our best.
1: I also think what doesn't doesn't help that is we've got quite a few inexperienced blokes just in term of in terms of league footballers in the side making their way as well. When you look at, I mean Gregson's a second year player, McCarthy's only played what six or seven games, um, or maybe a dozen tops. Uh, Collajazny's only played about twenty games. Lang's only played about twenty games Kirsten's similar mark there's there's a large chunk of the team who are still just finding their way as players as well as trying to fit into this team, which has also now got you know a large chunk of the team or a bunch of new blokes that are also trying to fit in mm. so I hope yeah, yeah that, good point. I'd hope that that is impacting. You know the, how fluid we are as a team, um, and you—it's the type of thing I think. you Hope that it just improves as the year goes on. Um, I'd be pretty concerned if, if in you know ten weeks' time we're not we're not looking better as a team than we are at the moment.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, um, on the Super Footy Podcast, our rival podcast, because huh. um, <laughs> yeah, we're in the same ballpark. Um. John Anderson, who, you know, very much has his, I think, has his sort of
1: Cat's finger on sometimes.
0: the pulse. That, yeah, yeah, he he, he said that, um, you know, right off the bat, I think even, it might even have been before we'd played a, a regular game, he said something like, you know, a lot of people at, in, at Geelong actually sort of think they'll probably be better next year, um, just because they, and, I, and when he said it, I thought, oh, don't be making excuses before the season's even started, but. That's, you know, if, if they're sort of thinking that way in terms of a long-term plan and they think, you know, they obviously want to do as well as they can this year, but next year might be the year where everyone's really settled down and, and some of those younger players have, have reached a point where they're comfortable being in the side, then, then yeah, we might see improvement and, and, yeah, hopefully see improvement over the course of the year.
1: It's, uh, it's interesting and obviously something for us to watch with interest and, and to hopefully look forward to um that's about all we had for on for to talk about tonight guys uh so thank you very much for for joining me thank you for getting involved again sj
2: oh not a problem it's been a pleasure Um happy to be on board
1: and uh jester thank you again thanks mate as i said all well, As a pleasure,
0: especially to get the old team back together.
1: <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to dig Dyson up, Dyson up, find out where he's been hiding, and get him, get him involved, and, and PO. Um, yes, that's right. And I do have a bit of advertising this week. Even though jokingly every week I say, "Does anything anyone have anything they want to advertise?" This week, if you are going to the game come to the pub beforehand and meet some of your fellow big footy posters if you if you're game enough to but we'll be there from I think 4:30 um I did have a suggestion put to me by a mate that maybe we could get there at midday but that potentially is a little bit too early for a night game so Now we're
2: really turning into the Robo podcast It's
1: um <laughs> from uh from 4:30ish um at the Lord of the Isles across the road basically from from the ground. If anybody would like to come and um anybody who has been before can uh will let you know that it's just good fun just to uh sit around and, and have a beer or a water or whatever and just talk a bit of footy with generally a group of people that are all there for the same reason. So it is good fun. I can highly recommend it. Um, So we'll be doing that this week And probably most home games And probably most games in general I think there is a a meet-up thread on the board Um So As I said I can only encourage everybody to get involved Um Aside from that That's all we have for this week Um The next show will hopefully be in a fortnight or so Um Just depends on On how I'm going with time But uh We'll look forward to speaking to everyone then. Thanks again, guys.
0: Thank you, um, thank you.
1: Go, cats! We'll talk to you soon.
0: Talk down